Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today is a very special episode. Today we're talking to Sean Coyle, who just um, became an Amazon number one bestseller for the new release sections. Um, he was featured in our most recent release of the Business Leaders edition of Money Matters. Um, Sean, welcome to the show. Adam, thank you for having me. Man, it, I'm so excited to have you back. It was so fun to work on that project with you, and it was an honor to publish your work. Um, and we're going to get into that. So from $600 um, and a dream to 1,600 apartments. But first, I want to before we go into the book, um, I want to get a little bit further into what you're doing as principal and owner over at SNC Investment Partners. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your company, please. All right, uh, we are a we are a real estate syndication company. We bring in, we find deals, underwrite deals, um, do all the heavy lifting, and we bring investors in to, we've got a partner with us on our acquisitions, and we've got them, they are completely passive, and we do all the work. And uh, we've been, we've been operating there for seven years, and we've grown the business essentially from our first deal, which was three apartments in New York, up to about 1,650 apartments right now. Man, I'll tell you, so your, um, your chapter in the book, you had me fired up. I'm like, I want to buy real estate. I want to get properties. I was really like, I love it. I love it. Uh, you had me all fired up when I read it. I'm like, I, I haven't had that bug in a while, but you definitely put it back. Um, so let's just start from the, we're not going to have time today to get into the entire everything. And by the way, uh, audience, if we did have time, we still wouldn't be doing it because we want you to go out there and buy the book. You see that little trick we do there? But <laughs> that being said, I do want you to kind of start with the beginning in your chapter and how you got started in real estate, please. Sure. Um, I've been working in construction since I was like 14. Um, whenever there was no school, so say there was a you know, weekend or holiday or summer holidays, from the age of the 14 onwards, I was working on a job site, pouring concrete, working in concrete houses. And from there, I used that to put myself in the university. Um, Started again at my university. I was I think I had classes three days a week, so two days a week whenever I wasn't in class, I was working, and then every weekend as well. And I got to learn, you know, the trades, who was doing what, why they were doing it a certain way, how certain systems worked in buildings, and how they worked, you know, in conjunction with one another. And then we got to finish my degree on a Friday. I was on the first flight back to America on that Saturday morning. Um, mm. Got a job. I got, um, got brought out to play for football with a team in New York. And they uh, they said they promised me a job. I I came. They kept good in their word. And I started working on Monday. Uh, so my job site doing concrete. Um, I had a good friend, Chris Green, who put me up on his couch for two weeks till I got on my feet. And uh, from there, just started with all that, learning how to do things slightly differently in America with regards to construction, and use that knowledge and kind of seen how I could use that there with with relation to real estate. So I was all into like buying fixer uppers, and I wanted to get into buying fixer uppers, and that's where I started with. I bought my first property was a triplex in the South Bronx, and it was. A weird property. Um, the guy who bought it before me, he bought it for like six hundred and 
78,000, I think, and I ended up picking it up for 363,000. When I bought it, I had to renovate two of the apartments. One of the apartments had like footprints on the ceiling. I have no idea how that happened, but there was. Um, yeah, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, first one went wow. well. Um, it was all about cash flow, making sure that there was enough cash flow every month to cover all the bills, and I was happy. So that one turned so out very productive, and I said. One of the themes, one of the themes in your chapter that I just noticed, and it's kind of through the whole thing, is that you're not scared to work hard. So a lot of times people, people will, they'll say, you know, how do I raise money? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I, I mean, I grew up working. I was working in construction and things like that since I was a teenager. So I was, I, I never really understood that. It's like, well, how do you get money? You work. You don't take weekends off and you save money. Uh, one of the lines that I read in your chapter that just made me laugh was it says, back to back to NYC. Once I had a job, I worked like an animal. Um, I party like one too, truth be told, picking up as many hours as I could. And I was working upwards of 60 to 80 hours per week, trying to save as much money as I could to buy my first property in New York. I mean, what is hard work? And just the, not being scared to go out there and, and put in the you know the the um, the elbow grease. Um, what has that meant in your life? Uh, doing what the next guy wants, basically, um, or maybe not the next guy, but next person, or whatever. We want to be politically correct here, mm-hmm. but um, basically, doing what the next person wants. Um, like I was, whenever I was working on a project in New York. There was like fire watch at night where there was water in the plumbing pipes, but there was no heat in the building. So we needed somebody to come in at night, stay there with the heat on to make sure the pipes didn't bust. Wow. So I, would for, I would do that for eight hours at night, and then I would do my eight-hour shift during the day as well. So I was working 16-hour days sometimes. I'm working, if I get a, called a, a, couple of, a couple of hours on Saturday and Sunday, I was doing that as well. But what actually, what I was just to get money saved up, but then there's no point having money if you don't know what to do with it. So like every day going to work on the train commuting from like Little Westchester or the Bronx into work, I was you know, I was reading on the train, reading books about how to get started, where to get started, what to look for, what are the pitfalls, what to avoid, like the plague, and you know, basically how do you get how do you get your first deal going and that's what I did, man. I was always reading books, I was listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, whatever I could do. I was even reading at lunchtime sometimes on the job site. Again, I was getting weird looks from the other construction workers, but I, I didn't care. I kind of knew what I was working towards and what I wanted to achieve, so it didn't bother me. Let's talk about, um, you know, when you finally made that move and you decided, um, you know, North Carolina was the place. Um, what were some of the things that kind of inspired that, that move? I had the tenant from Nightmare. Uh, she was the Nightmare from Hell. She was... Uh, <laughs> She was <laughs> in the book about uh, how to get out of evicting. She was a seasoned, seasoned professional person that you just evicted all the time. Um, wow. She made my life hell. Uh, she would punch holes in the walls and call the city on me you know, for report me for a violation, even though she did the hole in the wall. She would, um, she would. Um, She'd, we call it rip the cat, kitchen cabinet doors off the off the kitchen cabinets and say that there was never any there to start off with. Um, she would break all the uh, smoke detectors and report me for not being up to fire standard regulations. Um, she would. Uh, there was one time she actually shot. She had a, her boyfriend or her had a gun and they shot through the window. 
and then they reported me for I don't know how they reported me, but they reported me for we called them gun violence, and I wasn't we called them I wasn't even in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how can I prevent somebody from shooting into your house? And I was, uh, but anyway, she took 14 months to evict, and she wow. was the driving factor for me getting out of New York. I needed to get away from that. That was just like too much negativity in my life, and it was putting a real damper on my whole my whole buzz with wanting to get bigger. So I started looking for states that were a lot more landlord friendly. And um, one of the first ones I, that I liked because we had friends that lived in North Carolina was that market. So I started looking at you know, developing markets, you know, pop, cities that were growing with their population, where jobs were moving to, and one of the cities that popped up was Winston-Salem. And that's where I bought my first property. It was a smaller 16-unit building, and I kind of used myself as a guinea pig to make sure that it would work going out of state first because I was still living in New York. Mm-hmm. And I did that to make sure that it, it would be a success before I started doing it full-time and bringing you know, investor money in before I did that. So, yeah, it, it, came, it worked out well, and it kind of just snowballed from there. Man, as much as you hate to say this, like she did you a favor in retrospect. I mean, not, and we never look at it that way, right? That was not a good experience. But it's like, if it wasn't for that lady, you wouldn't have found uh, you wouldn't have found North Carolina, right? Or possibly not. That's a hundred percent true. Oh, but it still hurts, and I'm so sorry you went through that. It's terrible. Every single person out there that's listening to this right now, a lot of real estate investors listening, they're either in their car or they're at work and they're cringing. They're like, oh. Oh, I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, everybody has one. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, that uh, so I'm, obviously I'm glad it all worked out. But um, so that being said, Sean, if um, I could talk to you about this all day long, but first off, just want to congratulate you again. It was an honor to publish your work and your story. I know you're going to uh, inspire a lot of people with it. Again, from $600 in a dream to 1,600 apartments, amazing accomplishment. Um, that being said, Sean, if somebody's listening to this and they want to learn more about um, SNC Investment Partners or to connect, I mean, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Sure. Um, just go to my website, sncinvestmentpartners.com, and there's a contact us link, and it'll it'll send us a message if you ever want to get in contact. Fantastic. Well, hey, um, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to um, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, Sean, thanks again for coming back on the show.